Hello and welcome to another episode of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Tonight's topics, Ida dominates the Gulf of Mexico while Nora batters Puerto Vallarta. Sit back and relax and enjoy tonight's Daily Bolt. We have a lot to cover tonight. Uh, Ida is obviously the big story that the media has been covering all day and certainly uh, the evacuations that have been going on throughout Louisiana and even other parts of the Gulf Coast, uh, southern Mississippi, uh, are certainly a big story. And Ida certainly is worth the uh, attention, being a big story. This is a big hurricane. Just how big? Uh, we can take a look on the infrared satellite imagery, and I'm going to move myself over just a little bit to a better place so you can see the imagery here showing up in the window. It, it, its ultimate circulation is occupying a large portion of the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, the spiral bands extend over into central Florida and are coming along shore along most of the central Gulf Coast uh, from uh, even uh, the areas close to Cedar Key, Florida, all the way around uh, uh, past Destin, Pensacola, Mobile, uh, Biloxi, and uh, moving into southeastern Louisiana and the New Orleans metropolitan area. And there are indications of spiral band circulation going all the way into East Texas and wrapping around. So this is a big chunk of the Gulf of Mexico that is being dominated by this system. As of 8 o'clock Pacific Time, and I should probably put Pacific Time, there we go, update on Ida. Its position is 235 miles, the position of the center, which you see right here in the middle bit of green, indicating uh, uh, warmer temperatures related to the very strong, very cold convection around it. Uh, that center is 235 miles south of Homa, Louisiana, which is uh, basically on the coast, roughly about here. Uh, the winds are still only about 105 miles per hour, and I say only. And the, only, and the reason that I say that is that the wind intensity has remained relatively constant over the past uh, several hours since it became a Category 2 hurricane, uh, earlier this afternoon Pacific time uh, and the uh, interesting thing is it's become a larger storm the winds uh, what we call the wind radius the radius of both the hurricane winds and the tropical storm force winds has expanded outward as uh, the uh, evening has progressed uh, in the central time zone and getting going in the Pacific time zone Sorry for stopping there. I My nose is itching for some reason, maybe because of the wildfire smoke in the vicinity getting into the house uh, here uh, where I live in Nevada. Uh, besides that, uh, the central pressure has been falling in the center of the system uh, at a, an impressive rate of about two millibars per hour for the past several hours, and yet the wind, uh, the maximum winds have not really increased dramatically uh, with that pressure fall. But again, as I said, the actual area of strong winds has actually spread out. And so that's being driven in by 
an intensification of the pressure, uh, the drop in the central pressure in the center of the system, and it can only be a matter of time that the winds start to respond and begin to increase. And indeed, uh, the National Hurricane Center uh, official forecast ex still expects for a fairly rapid intensification as uh, Ida moves to the northwest at 16 miles per hour to uh, at least borderline Category 4 status, if not into Category 4 status, before landfall, which is expected probably within about uh, 18 to 20 hours. It could be slightly sooner if it picks up a little bit of speed. So we're looking at late afternoon tomorrow to the evening hours uh, for landfall in southeastern Mississippi. It might not be exactly at home. It really doesn't necessarily matter because the impacts, again, are going to be mostly on the north and the east side of the storm with respect to storm surge on this track with respect to the winds uh, and throughout southeastern Louisiana as well as rainfall. And we'll take a look at that on the next slide. So here's the expected track. This has not changed substantially uh, in terms of the next 24 to 36 hours from previous forecast cycles. Coming ashore, southeastern Louisiana, New Orleans, uh, metropolitan area, Lake Pontchartrain will be on the eastern side of the storm, which allows for a very strong storm surge uh, to develop. I'll move my little uh, uh, circle there out of the way once again. And as often is the case with tropical cyclones, they begin to get picked up by the westerlies and do this process, which is sometimes referred to as recurvature, over the next several days, Monday and Tuesday, eventually becoming a tropical depression by the time it uh, enters the mountains of West Virginia. And this particular track has some implications beyond Louisiana and New Orleans and the coastal zone, which we'll talk about in just uh, a minute or so. Um, in particular, uh, some additional impacts that we always like to talk about with tropical storms, the storm surge. These forecasts have gone up a little bit since 24 hours ago with the previous daily bolt. Uh, now the expectations are uh, not just for 7 to 11 feet uh, along uh, the coast from the mouth of the Mississippi River, uh, extending now along uh, to coastal Mississippi, uh, and we have a storm surge like Pontchartrain now uh, a foot higher than expected uh, yesterday. Uh, 5 to 8 feet, and 10 to 15 feet of storm surge right along the basic track uh, uh, and east of that, that track uh, throughout the southeastern coastal areas of Louisiana. Storm surge, as is generally the case, dropping off very rapidly on the western side of the storm as uh, the main force for pushing water inland, again, is, will be on the, the north and east side, uh, two to four foot storm surge possible throughout uh, even Mobile Bay. Uh, that's significantly far east uh, of the track of the system, but there's going to be enough water moving, especially as the storm has gotten bigger, that it will uh, ultimately push significant water in to Mobile, and there could be some flooding impacts uh, as far east as Mobile. Uh, 
the uh, tropical storm force winds, this particular graphic on the upper right, uh, is a graphic that is interesting to look at in this regard. Uh, you see the current position of the center here with the teeny little hurricane symbol there. Uh, and you have rough time uh, indicators uh, in the dashed and the solid lines of when tropical storm form winds will probably start. And the Sunday, 2 a.m. Central uh, Daylight Time line does go through the extreme southeastern part of Louisiana and extends all the way over to uh, the uh, Florida Panhandle Coast, uh, Pensacola, Destin, and even as far east as Apalachicola. So by uh, roughly uh, about uh, three and a half hours from now, tropical storm form winds could, force winds, uh, could be expected to uh, be uh, starting in southeastern Louisiana. Uh, those uh, stronger tropical storm force winds, uh, greater than 35 miles per hour, continue in uh, inland uh, Sunday about 8 a.m. Uh, Central Time, six hours after reaching the extreme uh, coastal parts of the uh, Mississippi Delta region, uh, passing New Orleans and continuing inland uh, even as the system comes on shore by two in the afternoon, entering southern Arkansas, uh, tropical storm force winds it, starting to come into northern Mississippi and even northern Alabama, and continuing on uh, through the day on Sunday, even into southwestern Tennessee as the system comes in and, move, and moves inland. Usually what happens, it will weaken, uh, and the track forecast here expects Ida uh, to weaken from major hurricane status to uh, simply a category one or two hurricane uh, by uh, Sunday evening as it, after it comes on shore by Monday morning, uh, continuing uh, to weaken as a tropical storm, uh, a depression by Monday evening, uh, and uh, continuing on as a depression though, tropical depression for a good 36 hours or at, at least. And again, I mentioned that the impacts from Ida could be serious for well inland from the coast. And the reason I'm uh, mentioning that comes back to this rainfall graphic. It has the expected up to, tw to uh, 15 to 20 inches of rain coming in along the Louisiana coast. Uh, what is evident here coming in through uh, Mississippi, and that will extend into southwestern western and central Tennessee is an area of four to six inches of rain uh, as Ida tracks through that particular area. Now you might remember that uh, the beginning of the week I had a podcast talking about last weekend's serious flooding in middle Tennessee. The 17 plus inches of rain that fell and caused catastrophic flooding, 21 people dead, uh, uh, people missing, substantial damage, uh, showed pictures of that. Ida is going over the same region. Uh, the damage, the additional damage here may be uh, another story to watch in addition to whatever happens in metropolitan New Orleans and southeastern Louisiana. Uh, there's going to be more Damage. This is adding insult to injury through much of Middle Tennessee, 
and there may be additional flooding issues as the system tracks into the central Appalachians, which has also had uh, a relatively wet summer. Uh, the potential for flooding from Ida extends not just in the area here where you see the uh, torrential rainfall expected, it could follow its entire track uh, well into midweek uh, going into the mid-Atlantic states. That's something that we're going to need to be watching. And if this isn't enough, Ida is not the only hurricane that is going on at the moment. Um, this has occupied most of the attention of the U.S. media, but we also have a Pacific hurricane. We have Nora, which developed from a tropical storm into a Category 1 hurricane earlier today about uh, by about 4 a.m. this morning, uh, Central Time, uh, and has been uh, largely hugging the west coast of Mexico as it has been traveling today. And you can see from the IR satellite image, we have a significantly developed uh, tropical cyclone structure. Maybe not much of an eye uh, that's as easy to see. You might argue that that's where your eye is uh, for Nora. There's certainly uh, feeder bands coming in with showers and thunderstorms, much like you see, you, we've seen for Ida, which is actually here in the far uh, northeast corner of this particular picture. Uh, right now, as of 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time, Nora Center is about 50 miles northwest of Puerto Gallarta, which is in the state of Jalisco, Mexico, just on the coast. It's a big resort city. I was actually there myself uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, big cruise ship destination, lots of uh, uh, resort and tourist traffic. Uh, Nora has been maintaining a rough Category 1 status uh, for about the last 12 to 18 hours. The track has had it wobble a little bit inland along the coast. Uh, there are the coast, Mexican coast near Puerto Gallarta uh, actually extends a little bit far out westward before uh, bending back in a little bit to the northeast uh, over the state of Nayarit and then the state of Sinaloa uh, to its north. Uh, Nora is moving north at 16 miles per hour, and depending how far the center stays off the coast is really key to what happens to Nora. If it ventures too far inland, the mountains are very close to the coast throughout this part of Mexico, and the system could even uh, fall apart as a hurricane and even a tropical storm. If it stays offshore, then it has the potential to remain a tropical storm and basically hug the entire coast of Mexico all the way up into the Gulf of California uh, and eventually move inland over the desert state of Sonora in the northwestern part of mainland Mexico. Uh, it really depends on where Nora and its center uh, go over the next 24 hours. For now, there are tropical storm force winds in Puerto Vallarta in the neighboring areas of Nayarit and Jalisco, which is the state that Puerto Vallarta is in. Uh, a storm surge is coming into the Puerto Vallarta area, torrential rains potentially uh, up to as much as 20 inches in the mountains immediately inland could fall. Um, this has the potential to produce a, an enormous amount of flooding in Puerto Vallarta. 
and all the coastal cities of this part of Mexico. Mudslides are very likely, and uh, this could be as much of a mess for Mexico as Ida turns out to be for, uh, uh, for the U.S., largely because of this track, and I'm going to bring the track forecast up on the next slide. This is an unusual track for a Pacific hurricane to hug the west coast of Mexico the way it's going to over the next two to potentially three to, to three and a half days. Uh, and that allows, if it stay, the center stays offshore, for significant amount of damage to occur along the coastal cities uh, of Mexico over a, a fairly wide swath and it even will affect the Baja Peninsula and some of the cities that are uh, either on the tip of the Baja Peninsula like Cabo San Lucas or it can affect uh, other cities like La Paz and uh, Loreto uh, that are along the eastern coast of Baja California. So uh, Nora is going to dominate the weather through the Gulf of California for at least the next two and a half days. And here on the right-hand graphic, you can see the progression of tropical storm force winds expected for Nora, even if uh, it tends to dissipate, because the models that take it farther inland over the next uh, uh, 12 to 24 hours uh, dissipate it, but then reform it back over the Gulf of California before eventually again coming on shore uh, overnight Wednesday uh, into the Mexican state of Sonora. So uh, there's a lot of time for this system to have significant wind and significant rain in areas where the terrain is steep, the drainage is poor, and damage could be considerable. So both hurricanes have a lot of potential here to cause uh, damage over the next few days, and both are worth watching. For now, I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley. This is The Daily Bolt, and we'll see you tomorrow with an update on both Ida and Nora. Have a good night.